Welcome back to Becoming an Influencer podcast. I am your host, Amanda Jewell, and I'm so excited to sit down with Julia Wizio today. Hey guys, hello. So good to be here. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am too. There's so much that we can talk about scaling from going to McCombs at UT Austin, being a pink campus rep, um, being an influencer, content creator, then you are a recent graduate, and also your internship and your job. <laughs> so there's so many things I want to talk about with you today. I um, am honestly, sorry, I was just going to say, I'm so excited to be here. Like I, Amanda and I have had this like a long time coming. We've been talking about this and like, you know, me and my terrible ability of like not being able to answer DMs has just plagued this. So I'm so glad that we're finally making it happen. And I'm like, so just so thrilled. <laughs> Everything in perfect timing. Like I think that and especially conversations like this with the podcast, I feel like they just happen when they need to happen. So mm -hmm. I'm glad it's now and there's so much that we can talk about. So why don't you just introduce like who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Julia Wiesio. I actually just graduated from the University of Texas at Austin. Um, I got a degree in marketing with an emphasis in entertainment studies, which is kind of like a combination of like digital media, a lot of film stuff there. Got waitlisted every single time I tried to join McConaughey's class, but you know, oh. just kind of we roll with the punches. It's okay. Not like my celebrity love or anything like anything that. like that. No, we're good. <laughs> Um, and actually tomorrow I am starting my full-time job at Electronic Arts um, as a media planner. And so it's really fun. I'll be managing some like client relations there with like Disney, ESPN, some big ones. So um, really, really cool. I that is so cool. Wow. <laughs> Wait, so you had an internship with them this previous semester, right? Yes, I did. So my internship was actually more focused in something called biddable media. And so what that is, it's basically all of like the paid advertisements that you see. So anything that says sponsored or like promoted, um, planning out the strategy and approach for how to purchase those things. So like my intern project was basically like looking at each of these clients, working with them. So it was like insane. Like they literally were like, okay, you're going to go host a yeah. meeting with Facebook and you're going to come back and like tell us every ad product that they sell. And I was like, that sounds like a huge task, but sure, I'll take on it. And it was so fun. Like it's a really good transition to um, what I'll be doing now, which is more on like the strategy of the content itself. Like actually like the story that goes into each game, you know, it's not just about like, you should buy Madden. It's like, this is why you should play. Like you can be your own character, so on and so forth. So it's absolutely wow. amazing. No, the ad student in me is quaking right now. I'm like, everything that you just described is like campaigns. I'm so into it. Um, wow. Okay. So how did you even get started? Like, how did you find the internship? How did you reach out? So it's actually a really funny story. So just for a little bit of context, I started recruiting for internships like December 2019 to January wow. 2020. So considering the timeline for a lot of those, especially like the corporate kind of internships, at least how McCombs usually is like, this is what you need to be doing in that like really intense, almost like investment banking level culture. Yeah. It, 
they push you to start recruiting like three, four months out from when you'd even be interviewing for these roles. So that alone, I just started out on LinkedIn. I just didn't really feel drawn to anything that McCombs was offering at the time. And so I was scrolling through video games and like gaming specifically. It was just this like childhood fantasy that I had of like, oh my God, I want to work on like video games that are I spend my actual free time doing things that don't stress me out. Like I want to make this fun because I went in with the premise that like I would be traveling somewhere for the summer to do the internship, which COVID hit. Um, actually I ended up with like four offers at the end of this like four month long recruiting process. And two of them were canceled literally just because of like how intense COVID was. Like they just had to withdraw the offer completely. So that alone was kind of insane. But EA was actually the very first place that I applied to. Um, I applied to eight of their marketing internships and I was like, we're just going to see what happens here. I felt a little bit like that. I think that's the definition of insanity, but I won't push it. (laughs) No, because one of them worked. It's when it doesn't work and you do the exactly, same thing. Exactly. Exactly. But I, you know, I didn't hear back for a while. It, it was like kind of early in the process, I think, for their end, because they were like start basically in February, um, right before really everything started to go into lockdown. Right. That's when EA's employees started working from home. So it was just really weird in a sense that like they couldn't really handle and keep up with recruiting at the time. So I ended up waiting like two months to hear a response back from any of them. I think I got like denied from two of them and I was just kind of like, okay, you know, it was, it was a nice shot. We'll see if something else lands and sticks. Um, I was also looking just in context. I was looking in like the fashion industry because I was working with pink I, uh, at the time. Oh, right. And I also was looking at things maybe in like tech, maybe something like laptops, Apple, Dell, that kind of thing. Um, but there's just such big companies. You can't like build those community values and like the, that family aspect of it. So Definitely. lo and behold, uh, I think it was like March 1st, maybe like last week of February, I get an email from this Canadian recruiter and she's like, hey, I saw that you applied for like a bazillion of our internships. <laughs> I hate to put you through this process one more time, but can you apply for this biddable media internship, this paid media internship in New York? Just apply and we'll see what happens. And I was kind of like, that's so weird. I've never spoken to a recruiter like that. And like, I've applied for like 40 or so internships. Like I put so much time into it. So I was like, this is really bizarre, but sure, I'll I'll do it. And literally within two weeks later, I I get an email back and they basically ask like, oh, you know, would you be interested in potentially going to New York over the summer? It's a 12 week program. We'll pay you. We'll pay for your housing. Um, If you obviously get- Oh my gosh. The luxury. Yes. I was like, how on earth am I going to say no to that? Like that is literally the nerd inside of me is screaming right now. And so I was like, sure, absolutely. I went through about three rounds of interviews and by like the last week of March, I mean, literally everything in my life was just so stressful and turned over because like school moved online. You know, I, I literally heard back like from two of my offers being rescinded in the same week. And then I get this email and they're like, we're extending an offer to you for this biddable paid media internship. And I was just like, this is incredible. I literally, I read over the details and I think it took me like all of two hours to make my decision. I was just like, my heart is telling me to do this. Mm -hmm. Like I I prayed on it and I was like, I just, I hope this is the right choice. And sure enough, I 
really think it was. Yeah, I think it was too. Okay, so whenever you're applying to multiple internships from the same company, yes. do yes. you do you change your cover letter per job description? For a couple of them, I did. Um, some because there were kind of like different departments that I was looking at. There were a couple, and I think like two were in production. Two were like in media, and then there was a handful that were more on like the strategy content side of things. Mm-hmm. So I uh, had a different cover letter for each of those like topics. I think in right. all three, but again, things like the intro and the ending were basically the same. Like I only really changed the relevant experience part of it, so mm-hmm. I could try to connect with whatever recruiter would have their eyes on that application um but that's generally what I did for applying oh cool and so then also with your resume would you do you think like your resume really helped you stand out I definitely think so um some things that I have on my resume that Mm -hmm. I think help it stand out I I actually kept the regular like McCombs template like if any of you guys listening to this are interested you can literally just google it and it's it's used by a ton of universities like it's got a really good success rate because it's really friendly to those like ATS readers or like the scanning machines that they use to like review um, your resume before it gets into human hands. And so what I have is I have a link to my website and my LinkedIn on there, which again, like you can buy a domain for literally like five, 10 bucks. It's super easy. Um, I think that's a nice way to stand out because it's sort of creates the opportunity to extend your resume. Um, I kept it really short and sweet. I still have plenty of white space on mine just because I'm like, it's, I want it to be minimalist. I want it to be clean. Um, I really just had like two experiences for each category and then a couple of like technical skills listed at the end. So again, the resume itself wasn't anything special, Mm -hmm. but I tried to show like the breadth of things that I knew how to do. And I think that that's something that's like appealing to a recruiter for sure. Definitely. Wow. Okay. And so then your job is starting tomorrow. That's wild. Like, (laughs) what do you think that's going to be like? Like, do you, is it like a traditional nine to five or how is it going to work? Um, so basically it is a nine to five, but, uh, the schedule definitely fluctuates a little bit just because when you're working, Thankfully, my role is much more focused in like the North American market. So like working, you know, a li- I think it'll cross over a little bit into like maybe the Latin American market. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't quite know just yet because I don't know like what the demand's going to be. I don't know what games are being worked on right now, which that's going to be in- exciting to see. Um, but as far as how it goes, it's a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing it from zoom as for now, but you know, we have like a ton of really good resources. We have like Slack channels, um, to communicate with all the teams, weekly meetings, things like that. Um, and as well, I think that it's nice because I get to work from home until it's safe to go to California, which is like where the role is actually going to be in person. So (laughs) it's really exciting. I think it's, it's a little overwhelming because I have no experience with like the Bay area, Silicon Valley, like that just seems so foreign. Like it's almost one of those things where it's like you overperform to your standard and then you're like, I don't really know what to do now now that I'm actually here. Um, and especially I, I'm, 
a total perfectionist. Like a lot of the time I stop myself from doing really cool things. So I see it as kind of an achievement that I'm like, okay, I didn't stop myself on this. Like I kept rolling with the flow, going with, you know, the positive encouragement from others, the positive reinforcement from my friends, like, you know, just the kind words, like actually taking those in for once. And like, it's created probably like the best result I could have asked for in this situation. So wow, that's so yeah. exciting. Well, my boyfriend really wanted me to ask you, yeah. when is, I think, wait, when is skate four coming out? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea actually. Like, and I'm saying that with full transparency, I'm sure it is going to be like down the line. Like I wouldn't expect it for a few years, but I was, I, I was actually like, attending the EA play like they're basically their big like press conference and oh. I was attending it virtually um through the intern program and so my jaw was like on the floor because I grew up playing skate and they kept that like a total secret from oh a ton of people so it was like when they announced that I was even like uh no they did not they did not just say that <laughs> um so I hopefully I might get to work on it. Um, it always kind of ends up being like how many media dollars they have to spend on XYZ game. And a lot of the time you'll work on stuff like once it's already out in the market, you know, they'll be yeah. like, hey, this is going really well. Like, let's, you know, come back to this or whatnot. So hopefully I'll get to do more uh, opportunities like that for sure. <laughs> I was like, Cameron, I can't just ask that. He was like, she'll know. Like, she'll know what I'm talking about. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love that camera does that. Okay, so we kind of talked about like how to get an internship and how you landed your job. Um, but for a lot of my listeners, I help with like the UT Austin, and I know you do the same thing on advice to getting into the school. So coming from a McCombs student, what do you think really helped you get into McCombs, one of the top business schools in America? <laughs> God, so much more flattering when it, when you look at my grades and like my GPA reports. It's like, oh, not as flattering. <laughs> um, it's because they're difficult. It's difficult. Okay, they're very tough. I will say, I went in to Macombs um, just kind of to set the stage a little bit. So I I went into Macombs knowing that I wanted to do marketing. I did this organization called Deca in high school. I'm sure like a lot of people that are had a chapter at their high school. Maybe it was called like. FBLA or BSA, or they have, they have a few other ones, but they're basically just like orgs that teach business skills. And I just always ended up in the marketing ones. I was like, this seems fun. I'm going to do this. And so it sort of like solidified my decision to do that. However, um, when you're applying to McCombs, you don't actually have to like declare a major. A lot of people think it's like really tough to like switch majors once you're in it, but I literally declared my major in like five minutes. I just showed up to my advisor's office and I was like, Hey, so like, I want to do marketing. Like, what, what do I need to do? And he was just like, literally just write your name on this post-it note and I'll take care of it for you. And I was like, sick. That, for that, <laughs> it felt so weird. But in terms of actually coming into Macomb, mm -hmm. I, it's so aggressively competitive. And yes. I think that coming in, I know this is going to stress some people out, but like having a rough idea of at least two or three majors that you might be interested in is like the best plan of action. I know a lot of people are just like, you know, they'll be like, I'm just going to do business because on paper it says that it makes a lot of money and hopefully that makes me happy. And I think that you have to have, especially for like competitive business schools, you need mm -hmm. to have a deeper 
purpose than that. I think that something that I recommend is kind of like find ways that you can become your own leader in high school. And I know that sounds really vague, so I'll clear it up. Basically what that means is like, if there's a nonprofit or like a cause that you're really like, have your heart set on, um, try to see if you can start to fundraise for it. You don't have to set up a 501c3. You don't have to like go through the whole paperwork or anything. And obviously don't do these things if you're like not going to be authentic about it, because I've seen a lot of like this trend of like high schoolers creating like companies and nonprofits and things like that. And then the follow through just like isn't there as soon as they get accepted into their college. So I think if you can write about and talk about those experiences, even if you fail, actually, I think failure stories are like oddly really nice to have um, because it shows that you're willing to learn. It shows that you're willing to take the extra step. You're willing to work hard um, in order to make something happen. And that alone is just like such a big part of McCombs. You know, they, when you come into Macombs, they expect you to struggle. They expect you to, you know, you're going to have challenges. You're going to have classes that you're going to get a C minus in. And that's with putting your whole like hard work and effort into it. And I know that from experience, trust me, like financial accounting, managerial accounting. Oh no. Uh -uh. I spent 15 hours a week on like financial accounting when I took that class. Mm-hmm. still walked out with a C minus. So it's just one of those things. They want to see someone that has grit, that mm-hmm. has passion. Um, and also something that's unique. I think a lot of people come in and they like try to replicate the formula of like what their older sibling in McCombs told them, or they try mm-hmm. to say like, oh, hmm, you know, maybe I should be applying for something like, you know, supply chain, but they're actually interested in finance. Try to find little ways to like exercise the skills, show that you have the motivation and you're at least willing to like give something a try. And that alone goes so far, I think. Like, I I, I really do believe that if you're able to do that, you're gonna achieve at least you're at least going to hear back ah. from a, you know, just showing that grit and showing that you're willing to start something from now. Dude, cool. Well, so whenever, when did you start your YouTube channel? Oh my gosh. I started my YouTube channel, who 2014, 2015, something okay, like yeah. that. So yeah. it was before college, right? I did. Yeah. I started actually, it would have been 2015, 2016, I think. Cause mm-hmm. it was like my junior year um of high school it's actually kind of a fun funny story how i started because i started uh at the same time that i started a small digital marketing business in high school okay um, so you literally talking about high schoolers starting businesses and I, you was, were a high school. I was one of them which is why i like when i talk to people about this i'm uh-huh. like i am always like you gotta do the follow-through part like i mm-hmm. i actually just closed the business like back in March this year, just because there was so much other change going in my life. I was like, you know, I, with the current economy and like what small businesses need, I just can't offer that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of more of a premium thing to have someone like on the ground with you consulting you through this stuff. If it was like Definitely. my first time experiencing it as well. So I stepped back from it, but um, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I do like, I think because the pattern has worked for people, they just kind of like do it and they're like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just close the doors as soon as I'm like, get my acceptance letter or whatnot. But it's about the carry through or or the, sorry, it's about the follow through um, on the other Mm -hmm. end of it. 
I think it's about what you do once you get the acceptance letter. It's about mm -hmm. if you're still looking to grow. And it was cool to have it as like a real life playground in a sense to like yeah. test the things I was learning in the classroom. Um, and just to have those experiences. I felt like I got more out of my lectures because there was like an actual reason mm -hmm. for me learning these things. I was like, I can literally apply them the second I get home, which is wow. wonderful for someone who has like the attention span of a literal goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so cool. Um, and then like going on with your YouTube channel. So like, how was it being in, you know, Macomb's UT in general, college student and balancing making content? It's tough. I will say I actually, it's something that I often beat myself up as, as a creator is I would kind of like upload very inconsistently. And I know that's kind of like the one red flag. Like that's the one thing you don't do on YouTube, um, according to every social guru out there. Um, I was uploading roughly like once, once a month versus once a month slash twice a month. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was, uh, regularly uploading. Now I am much more frequent. I'm uploading like one to two times a week, which is so much better. But um, I found that the college niche, like the UT Austin community was so open to like bringing another college YouTuber into that space. And I'm sure you feel the same way, you know, like they're, they're really passionate people. They're people that like genuinely want to see like what you do in a day-to-day -day basis. They feel comfortable asking questions. And so because of that, that's where a lot of my community on YouTube grew. And so now, I mean, it's definitely, it's kind of like this concept of like leaving the bubble, I think as some marketers yeah. call it, um, just yeah. figuring out like, you know, how can I still connect with those UT Austin people? Because that's still a big part of my identity. Like I'm still very much like, I'm like, I'm on campus. I'm around these people. Like I'm still doing things that impact the campus. Um, I'm just not doing them as a student. So finding the way to bridge that has been kind of interesting, but yeah, I did start in high school. Um, I was doing a really mixed bag of content. I was trying out a lot of different things because like, I didn't really care. I was like, nobody at school knows my channel. I'm just gonna have fun with it. Like my friends are really supportive. Let's see what this, see where this goes. So I did vlogs for a while, travel vlogs. Obviously can't do many of those, but those are my favorite things to make. Right. Um, I was doing a little bit of high school advice. I was reflecting on even like, I had one video where I was going through this like middle school journal that I had on like how to become popular. And it was, like blew up. Um, I, I just, I did the video because it's like embarrassing now, but um, it was, that was one of the things that made me really like, oh my God, I can actually connect with people here. Like I actually have something I can share as these people are sharing their feedback and like their positive words back with me. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was kind of like my first pull into YouTube. Um, and then from there, it really took off once I got to UT and the, the whole balancing thing was really tough. I found that vlogs were a really nice way for me mm -hmm. to like live my daily life and not have YouTube become like a distraction in a sense but I could still provide good quality content and like every time I uploaded I made sure it was like pretty well produced I you know I, I did a lot of b-roll I had voiceovers you know I was adding in music just spending like 20 hours on a video just because I wanted it to be like a benchmark yeah <laughs> you're shaking your head and I'm like oh yeah that was so me like 
even my boyfriend is sometimes like, how long does it take to get a video done? And I'm like, you, you don't want to know. You honestly don't want to know. Don't wanna. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's really just, um, it's tough. It's tough yeah. to balance. I think things that I've done is like time blocking. That's a really big one. I love time blocking, um, especially like finding once I had my class schedule, I would figure out like what day of the week was least busy. And that's when I would do any of my like recording or planning content or whatnot. And actually my sophomore year of high school, I had an amazing roommate named Alyssa, who was like a huge just supporter on my journey. And she also was always like helping me brainstorm as we were like cooking things in the kitchen. And, you know, we would watch other YouTubers. It was really great. Like I, it, I longed to have kind of a situation like that again, where I'm like, I can literally live with like a best friend and it's great. Mm -hmm. um, but that helped me a lot too, with balancing the whole workload between the two. That's so cool. And so then you also are or were a paint campus rep? Well, so actually my last day was yesterday. Sadly. No. Um, <laughs> lots of, <laughs> you, me, you got me at a time where like just everything in my life is changing. Um, yeah. But I was a campus rep for a year and a half. Um, I, the only reason that I'm not continuing in the spring is literally just because you have to be like an undergrad. Mm -hmm. Like it says in the contract that you have to be an undergrad. And I found out actually kind of last minute, like my manager reached out to me and she's like, uh, I didn't know that they added this from last year. So unfortunately, like you won't be able to work in the spring. But at the same time, we found out who our new campus rep is going to be. It's actually our trendsetter on the team. And I'm absolutely thrilled with her. We've worked together for a year. She's been like such a positive light on the team. She has so much talent. And it's, it's good to know that I'm going to like hand it off now to her um, in, in good hands. Definitely. So just could you explain what the program is? Absolutely. So the Pink Campus Rep program is sort it's think of it as like a brand ambassador program mixed with a campus organization. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically a community that you're leading and building that just develops women's empowerment. Um, you're helping connect people on campus, helping them make friends. Um, a lot of what we would do on a normal semester is we would host all of the in-store events. So, you know, everything from finding a DJ to bring to the store to like helping plan the sales, doing things like that. Um, those are also part of the program. But the main thing that you're doing is basically being like a positive social media influence um, on your university. So you're managing um, accounts that are made for your university. So for example, ours is Texas VS Pink if you're a UT student and would like to check it out. Um, and alongside that, you're also doing market research. You're doing, you know, product surveys for Pink. Um, and a whole lot of other cool stuff like that. So it really is like you're influencing the brand, uh, but at the same time, you're kind of acting as a little marketing associate on the ground for everything that they do. Whoa, that's so cool. And so what were some of the perks that you had being a part of this? Oh my gosh. I mean, in terms of like, in, in terms of like physical perks, like yeah. I think that what I got was, first of all, 
on a normal year, you would be traveling to Pink's headquarters. And then you can also qualify for different trips. So like, for example, they had like a New York trip. I think that they had, um, they had a couple of like smaller events. Actually, there was one in Austin that I got to attend before I was even like a national rep. Mm -hmm. And they basically rented out this like a whole ranch house and like the property around it. And they had live music, you know, horseback riding. They had the pink bus. It was so cool. It was like a spring break. Um, event, but it was a little bit more chill, which was nice. Um, so they do all sorts of things like that. That's definitely one of the perks is getting to attend those events. Um, also alongside that, you get a ton of product. I literally am like the resident crazy person in my apartment building because I'm getting five to six packages a week sometimes from Pink, just, you know, new products that they're releasing, uh, stuff that they'd like me to take photos for, things for photo shoots, um, just really, really cool stuff. But I mean, outside of just the tangible perks of the program, mm -hmm. you get so many quality relationships and friendships with other people. I mean, there's a certain comfort. It's, it's really like being almost in a sorority. Mm -hmm. You build this community and you get to network with these women that just are all over the U.S. and Canada. Um, there are I think 110 schools in the program. So literally anywhere you go, you can be like, hey, there's a pink campus rep around here. I can like hit them up and spend some time and hang out. Um, I actually, it was really cool. There was a rep, I believe she was from North Dakota, but she was like visiting in Austin. We got to like meet up. Um, and it was just so cool. Like you would never have an opportunity like that with a normal brand deal or something. Yeah. And so you know, I, I've made so many quality friendships. I met some of my best friends through the program. Like it's, it, especially yesterday, we were all kind of talking because it was my last day and I was literally so emotional. I was like almost at tears Aww. just because I was like, these people have had such a great impact on my life. Um, and I think that's really like the core thing of the program. A lot of people sign up for the free perks and the clothing and like, that's all fun. But at the end of the day, it really is about like, the people just being so, so freaking fantastic to be around. Well, I don't know if this podcast is going to come out before the apps close, but if they're listening in the future and they want to keep their eyes out for how to apply to this campus program, uh, where can they find it? Yeah. So it's actually, um, pink. I think if you go to pink's website, it's like recruiting.pinkcampusrep.com. Um, if you go to it, when the apps are closed, which they close January 31st, um, it'll just have like a link where you can sign up, I think, to like be notified when they open next January. Mm -hmm. Um, also you can look at your university's local pages and usually they'll have the campus team apps, which is something I highly recommend too. I was a campus team member or like one of those volunteer reps, um, for a year and a half before coming in. And I think it really just let me get the most out of the experience because I knew, what the work looked like from both angles so i could really like push past that and like create the best content at the end of the day but i do highly recommend applying i think it's so fun uh you don't have to pay anything to like join or be a part of it um it's just a great way to meet women and it's obviously really great on a resume but yeah. all that aside you're gonna make your best friends in this program i guarantee it Dude, that's awesome. Well, um, for our last little chat, I just want to talk about, since we've talked about all this change that's going on in your life and also balancing being a content creator, how do you plan to kind of pivot, like even just your YouTube content now that you are going to be an, um, a graduate? You are a graduate. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God. I, you know, honestly, it's, I, I'd say where I started in terms of thinking through that, because I don't have like a developed plan completely. It's so funny because I started, I guess, worrying, for lack of a better word, worrying yeah. about this, like my, the start of my senior year. So in the fall, oh, and I was like, I really don't need to think about this. Like this content is at the end of the day, it's coming from my heart and soul. Like it's exactly. what I'm happy to put out, you know, an algorithm can tell you one thing, a social media channel can tell you one thing, but as long as you're having fun and like you're making things that you're proud of at the end of the day, that's what really counts. But that aside, I started looking at other YouTubers that had done like a similar transition and mm -hmm. something that I noticed a lot of them did, especially ones that went into like a corporate field is they tried to incorporate, pff, hello, they tried to incorporate that into their channels more. Mm -hmm. So I think what I want to do is a little bit more conversation about like marketing and social media as a whole, mm -hmm. because through this last month, kind of since graduating, this or this window of time from graduating to starting my job, I have been trying to use it as a self-development phase. I'm trying to look at different things, pieces of content. Um, one that I actually surprise a lot of people with when I mentioned that I'm interested in doing it is commentary videos. Oh, um, I this. <laughs> yes, I I think there's so many fun topics to talk about, so many crazy things going on in the world. And it's one of those things that just like gets me so fired up. I'm like, you know, sometimes I, I do these mini commentary sessions with my friends and they're like, honestly, you should, you should put this on YouTube and just yeah. see what happens. Wow. So I think that that's something I might do. But for now, I love talking about marketing. I love talking about social media. Um, I love finding little ways to like, you know, learn about the algorithms. I mean, it's just so fascinating how much goes into this from a corporate standpoint. And so, you know, being able to do that while sharing like sort of an inside perspective from someone who's working there and around these companies day to day, I, I think it'll be such a cool um, transition. I hope that it works well. Mm -hmm. um, but for now, I'm just going to put my faith in the content and just you know, pour the same amount of heart and soul that I would into college videos. But those are definitely, you know, I'm still going to find ways to incorporate that yeah. college aspect into them for now. No, for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast yeah, today. Thank you. This has been so much fun. <laughs> well, just let everyone know where they can find you online. Yeah. So, um, my, my YouTube channel is just the same as my name. It's Julia Weezio. Uh, same goes for my Instagram, TikTok, same deal. There's just a dot in between the two because I'm a moron who can't set up an account correctly. <laughs> if we're being truthfully honest. Um, and I, I post pretty actively now on Instagram, but YouTube is where you'll most likely find me the most. Um, I started posting Wednesdays at 1 PM, uh, central. So if you do want to watch them, feel free. Um, I would love to see you guys on this journey. And again, um, I, I, I want to give Amanda some credit here because she's been actually a big part of it. Every time I see her upload, I'm like, oh my God, like she's such a natural on camera. Like she really, I, you can tell that she loves this and it just motivates me and kind of softens my heart in a way that I'm like, okay, yes. you know, maybe we need to overcome this slump of like self-pity and we gotta, we gotta be more like Amanda, you know, we gotta be more like you know, happy in our souls, happy in our spirits and, and create content that really matters. So oh, thanks. I just had to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a slow ride, but you know what? hundred K eventually here we come. Okay. Oh, 
completely. I mean, I am by no, by no means am I like a big content creator, but for, again, it's, it's about having the community. I think a lot of people say this, but it's better to have, you know, a thousand people around you that like care about what you're doing, Mm -hmm. genuinely want the best for you, aren't there to comment like spam and just, you know, tag along, hoping for some clout along the road. Um, because girl, this isn't, <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest, this isn't where you're going to get it. <laughs> go for some, go for some of those bigger YouTubers. I'm, I'm totally Literally. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think it's better to have that small community that really loves and cares about your content more than it is to have like, you know, a million followers and, or a million subscribers and, you know, only 3000 of them or something engaging, you know, it's, it's about having people that want to see your best self shine through. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you again so much. This has been so great. And I will have everything linked down in the show notes. Go follow Julia and go watch all of her YouTube videos. Awesome. Thank you guys. It was so great being here.